0: Algar Productions.
1: Welcome to the Post-Atomic Horror, the most comprehensive Star Trek podcast ever produced, with your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 386, covering Runaway and Calypso.
0: Hi, friends. It's uh, believe it or not, we found some more Star Trek to watch. Yeah, we uh, we dug around and uh, found a little bit. Well, what happened was I said we've reviewed all of Star Trek and then some um, uh, nitpicky. Uh, it's flunk, It was flunk. Mm-mm. Said, uh, well, actually, you have not uh, reviewed the the two shorts that have released yet. So, uh,
1: fine. Well, if there's one thing this show is about, it's about sticking it to flunk. So. <laughs> Well, sticking it to anyone
0: who says, hey, you're not the most comprehensive. Yes, we are. You didn't we are, do it. And I did. this proves it. You yep. liar. Yeah. There's still no one who's covered as much of Star Trek as we have. But now, again, mm-hmm. at the end of this episode, we will have done all of it again yep. until about a week from now when they release the next short. Yep. But uh, the, the original plan was to do four of them at once. Instead, we're going to do these two. And then when the other two drop, we'll do those two. So mm-hmm. that's, that's how we're doing it. Um. First impressions? What did you think? I
1: really liked both of them. Yeah, I agree. I had some um, issues
0: with the second one that really
1: weren't its fault, but we'll get to that. Like, first one, you just spend time with my favorite character. The second one is a weird mystery that I actually thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, well, let's get into it then. Why don't you no. tell
0: us what happens in Run, 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 Runaway?
1: Well, I'm a-walking in the rain. Mm-hmm. Tears above, and I feel the pain. And Wishing Dad? you were here by me to end this misery. Okay. Uh, Also, have a summary. (laughs) Uh, So, an amount of time between seasons one and two of Discovery, Perfect Encentelli is getting chewed out by her overbearing mother. Whether said mother is chocolate remains to be seen. Gotta save something for season two. Meanwhile, something sinister and alien sneaks on board Discovery, briefly leading me to believe that Brandon Braga has returned to Star Trek. Tilly is doing my favorite dual college-era pastimes, failing to study and hating myself, in the mess hall when aforementioned sinister and alien pops in invisibly and starts setting off all the replicators, starting Starfleet's first one-man food fight since 2156 when Commander Charles Trip Tucker visited Earth's last golden corral. <laughs> when the noodles and ice cream are cleared away, Tilly encounters Poe, an alien designed by DeviantArt. Mm -hmm. Some quick dickery with the Universal Translator, and Poe is able to explain that she is a refugee from her world who escaped when she invented the Dilithium Incubator and popped up on the Federation's radar. Anyway, uh, Tilly is awkward, Poe is shouty, I am shipping them both, and Poe eventually beams home to become queen. See, she's a queen that invented warp drive and also is the best new character finds of 1940. Wait, 1940? Yes. I thought you said it was
0: between seasons one and two.
1: Yep. No, the best character find in 1940. Very well.
0: Uh, also, it's not between seasons one and two because season one ended in a cliffhanger, but I take oh, that Oh, that's point. right. Yeah. But she is an ensign now, so it is definitely after season one. Mm. At some undetermined time that someone is probably stressing out about when it exactly
1: happens. <laughs> I gotta break this timeline! <laughs> uh, this was a fun one. I really enjoyed this. Um, Tilly and the alien girl have, like, great chemistry that pop yeah, they that do. just, like, they get into it right away, and it's it works real well.
0: Well, it's a short, and yeah, because of that, we don't have a lot of time to fuck around. We get right down to it. Mm-hmm. And my good thing is uh, Poe, uh, the actor, the writing, uh, her chemistry with Tilly, all great. I didn't like her alien makeup. I thought it was a little lazy. Mm-hmm. But uh, there, I, but even with that, there were some cool effects. Like there was a there was a neat little blink thing that she did that I thought was cool.
1: Yeah, like the, she got the sideways blink.
0: Right. But uh, otherwise, it was just like, uh, here's here's a human girl with some paint on her. Mm-hmm. But the personality yeah. just pops almost oh, immediately. No, yeah. And, and, and for an episode, what was this, 20 minutes long? 15? Yeah. 15, like 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, we immediately know exactly what she's about and, uh-huh. and completely believe in this relationship. And full episodes of Star Trek have had trouble pulling that off. And they do it in half the time.
1: I invented a I invented a universal translator when I was four. Yeah, well, you just found out about ice cream, so I win. <laughs> there's a there's a
0: lot of really good lines. I mean, Tilly is full Tilly. Uh uh-huh. um, I was disappointed that her mom was not um, uh, Susie Plaxen, but again, we can't. Every time everything. I every time I dream cast someone in my head, I can't get mad at them for not knowing what I was thinking. Yeah, but I keep doing it. The
1: show is not psychically attuned to what you think, Al. I'm sorry. <gasps> but
0: come on, Paula Tompkins should have been. <laughs> Of Harry course mud. he should
1: have been. <laughs> and, you know. But, you
0: know, they still did it. They did pretty well. Yeah. No, they they did. They absolutely did. Um. And and I like the idea of a short. Like, I like yeah. the idea of none of the other characters are here. It's only Tilly and a bunch of people we've never met, which is yeah. fine. And the focus is just on her. And, it, and they still manage to pull off a full sort of arc. Like, mm-hmm. she starts at the beginning feeling bad about her life and her choices because of her terrible overbearing mom. Mm -hmm. And then by the end, she feels a little better because she helped this girl. Yeah. And again, full episodes of Star Trek have had trouble pulling that off. Mm -hmm. This, this really honestly for both of these, but especially this one, if season two of discovery is like this, I'm, I'm way on board.
1: Oh yeah. I'm in like,
0: this is all the stuff I said they need to do more of. Yeah. It's character driven. There's a little bit of sci-fi, but it's mostly about the characters Mm -hmm. and
1: it's, it's, optimistic and, and fun. Yeah.
0: It's good. I like it a just, lot.
1: I, had a, I, put, I put off watching this not for any particular reason, just I didn't get around to it, but I was really happy when I did. It was just... Yeah. Just, a, just delightful. Yeah.
0: And I saw it... I, I think this is like the third time I saw it mm-hmm. and still enjoy it. Uh, I will say, I still don't really understand Poe's whole I was
1: born at the same time as my planet thing. I... I... See... I thought that was, like, a religion thing. Could be. Like, it's just what her people believe. Could be. I don't know. And, I, 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 like, the the one thing I pulled from both of these is that they are going—it's it, stuff that we're going to get to in the new season.
0: Maybe. Like— I hope—I I, kind of hope this character doesn't pop up again. Like, we don't need her to. If she does, that would be great, and mm-hmm. I'd like to see her again. But I also like the idea of just doing one-off stories that aren't part of a big, you know— Tapestry,
1: yeah. See, my assumption going in is just like, hey, here's what we're here's what we're getting to in season in season two. Maybe here's some gr- we're gonna we're gonna lay some groundwork and then we'll get back to these characters.
0: It, I I could see it going either way. Mm. I could see this being because the problem is not everyone can see these, and I know a lot of our listeners are probably frustrated because there's no legal way to see this. Sure. If if you're outside the U.S., I don't think you can see it at all. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the U.S., it's behind a damn paywall. Yeah. Uh, which is super frustrating I'm sure yep so I don't know because of
1: that if
0: if these should be canon I or, mean like I mean they're canon but you know what I
1: mean yeah I mean like let's be real here like this is just yet another mistake Cbs has made in making this show like
0: yeah but putting putting aside our distaste with CBS all access which is a very real thing uh-huh the fact is other countries get it in a different way I think most of them get it via Netflix and yeah. And these I mean, are not on their Netflix, so that's not really like that's. I don't know. That's some legal dumb thing. That's yeah. not them trying to be greedy. It's a. It's a different issue.
1: It. I just like. These should just go on YouTube, like. Yeah. Honestly, like just put. Yeah, them they're like for people. Like they're a they're, good way to get people interested in in discovery and maybe sign up for CBS All Access. Yeah, and it's not like you're doing the, anything else to get people to look check it out. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, you really don't need any context. Like, you
0: get who Tilly yeah. is immediately. And yeah. if you're going to try to sell this show, that's a very good way to do it. She's yeah. she's easily the most relatable and interesting character. Yeah. Well, maybe not the most interesting character, but...
1: but Relatable, you know. I will definitely yeah. give you.
0: Yeah. And And, you know, fun and... Uh, I can't remember the word I'm trying to think of. Enticing, maybe... I mean I don't know. Makes yes. you want makes you want to see the show more. I ah. I, I don't made it in that way, but <laughs> maybe also a little in that way. Look, we think she's a very pretty lady. She's okay? very pretty. We we try very hard not to be creeps about it, but the fact is that we we notice when people are attractive and she's very attractive. Uh-huh. Um but I I really like her relationship with Poe and I love um like again, only 15-20 minutes and you can see Tilly evolve like uh, the way she treats Poe at the beginning is first she starts yelling at her for, mm-hmm. like, doing her little cloaking trick. Yeah. And by the end, she's like, stop it. Don't do that. Like, <laughs> she becomes patient in about 10 minutes. Yeah. It's, it's such a nice, quick growth. And she treats her like a sister. And then she freaks out a little and she mm-hmm. finds out she's so important. Like,
1: it's, you know, very good. I love that line. So much. Why didn't you tell me you were a queen? Because when I say that word, people stop listening to me.
0: Yeah. Because you would treat me differently. And right mm-hmm. now you've been talking to me like an equal.
1: Uh-huh. And it's it's really nice. So good. Yeah. Uh what was your good thing? Um this is hard to see, but uh so Tilly has quarters now that she's not just sharing with Michael. Yeah, she's an ensign now. She's yeah. not a cadet anymore. Yeah. She doesn't have to do the whole like uh yeah. roommates thing. Um we get a shot of her desk and there's it's not easy to see, but there's a picture of her and Michael. <laughs> I and did that, not see that. That made and it made me so fucking happy. Did Michael sign it? Uh, it? it's, it's not close enough to see if it was signed by uh, her husband kirk connors yes aka the lizard but uh
0: <laughs> yeah that is but, that uh, that is great i didn't notice that that's fantastic
1: that that it was it was awesome yeah
0: i like all the stuff with her overbearing mom and i like oh her yeah saying, you're, you're drinking too much caffeine and then her immediately going to the replicator and asking for like a triple espresso
1: like fuck you mom i'll drink what i want that is too much caffeine shut up Share and enjoy. <laughs> you work for me, computer. What did they, What the, did it say when it when she signed off? Like, Have a magnificent day.
0: It was basically share and enjoy. Yeah,
1: I. They're becoming more
0: and more hitchhikers with every episode, and I'm fine with
1: that. I I really like the computer as like like at the beginning of the, of the episode. There's like that uh, deck whatever shift whatever mm-hmm. has begun. Yep. Please clear deck whatever. Like mm-hmm. I really like it as just sort of. <laughs> the 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 uh the announcer at my high school basically
0: yeah yeah exactly like any any TV show that takes place at a high school you that's how you transition scenes is yeah. with the the loudspeaker mm-hmm. and and they do a bit of that here and I kind of like it yeah like new computers growing on me mm-hmm. although that'll be a whole other thing in the next episode which we will get to yeah we'll get to that I'm interested
1: to see where that goes to <laughs> yeah um what was your bad thing yeah so um there's When Poe starts running around the the mess hall and, like, turning on all the replicators and stuff, um, some stuff starts dripping down from the ceiling, and Tilly just jams her finger into it and looks at it. Mm -hmm. Like, Tilly, you live in Star Trek. That shit could do literally anything from become an exact genetic duplicate of you that then dies to literally exploding you. At least put some gloves on. That is true. You're right about all of that. But she does actually say...
0: Something about quarantine, like it mm. passed through quarantine, so it must be OK. All
1: right. Fair enough. Which
0: is more than any other ship before, like chronologically before or after Discovery has ever done. Uh-huh. I, I remember on this show pointing out regularly that the Enterprise D in particular had zero quarantine procedures. Oh,
1: Bever was miserable at stopping yeah. diseases from getting on the ship.
0: Yeah, she really was.
1: My uh, my other thing I this is almost my bad thing but then I figured uh I might have missed something and just wanted to ask you about it. Um are they still in orbit around the planet when they beam her home at the end?
0: Yeah that no cuz she's from kind of far off they said.
1: Yeah, they super long distance transport her, right? Yeah, it's uh,
0: I hate that. You guys I hate can't do that in the movies that. and I hate it here.
1: Even even if this was in the movie continuity like I think it is, it still won't have been invented for 10 years. It's
0: not the movie timeline. You can keep saying that. <laughs>
1: uh my bad thing, and
0: I know this sounds like a minor thing, but it bugs me so much. Sure. The sound effects they used for for Poe when she was still sort of an alien, like a like basically the predator. Uh-huh. Uh we're supposed to be scared of her with some of the hackiest generic boogity monster sound so like, effects I have ever heard. <sighs> there's that there's that sound, and I cannot duplicate it with my mouth. I'm not gonna try. But it's it's they use it for every monster in every movie for the last like ten. It's years. that that
1: cracky like uh, ah. Yeah, right it's thing.
0: an interrupted sound like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it, it sounds it's, like it's
1: it's it's the predator. Like. <laughs>
0: yeah, but it's not exactly the predator. But it's yeah, you're right. But I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. And it's like okay, I've heard that, and it, maybe it was even scary once or twice. But come on, guys, you can get the. It's a thing that bugs me in. Uh, shows set in contemporary times uh-huh. where there is literally one door sound effect that that uh, serves for every single door in every house on every show. Oh, it bugs me so much
1: Man, only a guy only a guy who does sound effects would notice that
0: I, uh, I guess it seems like something that everyone would notice sound but I effects guess you right. ruined you for television. <laughs> it's to me what the shovel and the fan are to you. fair enough. They are background details that that should matter to someone and probably no one else noticed. <laughs> Um It's it's just there's whole libraries of this stuff. You sure. can pick pick track two. That's all. Yeah. It's not like extra work. Just use a different one.
1: My, Sorry, thing you were gonna the, say? my thing with the weird noise she makes is that like as soon as we find out that she's not a monster, she stops making those noises. No, that's because she's being translated. I think and I feel that's... like she should continue making those noises.
0: I think that's what her voice sounds like before the universal translator gets him.
1: Oh, okay, so that weird spooky noise she makes when she's coming out of the box is hello? Yeah, maybe. Anybody here? Could be. Uh, what else? Uh, what else? Indeed. Let's see. Not a ton of notes here, but uh... no, it's only
0: 15, 20 minutes long.
1: That's it. Have a glorious day. That's what the fucking computer says. <laughs> Amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's very good. Uh, there's a there's a bit where um, the the one man food fight, as you call it, uh, mm-hmm. very good description. Uh, happens, and then, of course, in, in true sitcom fashion, like, the entire cafeteria is just covered in garbage. Yep. And Tilly's in the room, and then all these other officers walk in, and she's just like, uh, guys, did you see a hormonal rabbit just ran through here? <laughs> in in that perfect Tilly flustered delivery where she's uh-huh. a little too loud and kind of stammery, and she's very good at that. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I also like the running around. You get the, like the the replicators all announcing what food they're shooting out at. Once, oh yeah, which is that great. was
0: that was such sort of broad slapstick comedy, but it really worked. It
1: works, yeah,
0: yeah. No, and and my favorite thing is when they manage to milk like something good out of a, a, a stale thing. Yeah, and they did that here. But also, I gotta say, this kind of story I haven't seen a ton of, mm-hmm. like in in Star Trek in yeah. in Discovery or any other Star Trek like I want to see more of this. Yeah. Again, it's got all the things I want. it mm-hmm. It's got character-driven story but it's also got a little bit of sci-fi like this could kind of only happen in Star Trek probably and
1: mm-hmm. you know, it's it's I like it.
0: Yeah. There's it's some got Tilly, there's,
1: it's got nobody else, it's perfect.
0: <laughs> yeah. It there's some logical problems like you say the beaming thing and Yeah, I'm
1: you know, not a fan of that. Like
0: no. And if you follow all of that, it makes no sense. Yeah. Like, okay, so she, she, uh, like, hid- or she, um, what's the word I want? Smuggled herself on board. hmm But, she, I, yeah, doesn't make sense. Yeah. But, I still liked it, so. It, yeah,
1: like, it's one of those things where it's good enough that you don't care.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'd like to see more like this. Yeah. I, again, I hope the tone of season two is more like this. Yeah. This was, like, there was no grimdark bullshit here whatsoever.
1: No, it was just fun.
0: Yeah. It was fun with characters I liked
1: hanging out with. Yeah,
0: exactly. All right, you got anything else? Uh, I got a quote. All right, what do you got?
1: Uh, I got this. Universal translator. Tilly. I'm Tilly. What's your name? My name is Keep Your Human Digits Off Me, please. It's a family name. My name is also, I can build a translator like that in my sleep. In fact, I did when I was nine. Oh yeah, did you calculate the precise protein concentration and small particle dispersion of emulsifiers to make a matter synthesizer dispense nothing but spumoni ice cream when you were nine? No, you didn't. Because you didn't know what ice cream was until 30 seconds ago.
0: Quite good. Mm -hmm. All right, moving on to Calypso. A thousand years in the future! That's the future of the future we're already in. Discovery will still be around, but it'll be abandoned and just sort of drifting for some reason. Also, the computer, which is now British and calls herself Zora, is going slowly mad. I have some serious issues with all of this, but we'll get to that when I do my bad thing. Uh, But it is into this setting, an injured soldier who calls himself Kraft is pulled. Kraft is from a nearby system and has been fighting in a war for 10 years. He very much wants to return to his home and his family, but the only possible way back is a shuttle aboard Discovery, which Zora, r- remember that's the computer now, says may not be able to make the trip. While Craft slowly recuperates, Zora falls in love with him. I struggled with how to summarize this information for a really long time, and I realized that I'm simply not a good enough writer to convey the legitimately sweet emotional content of most of this episode. Like, I've never seen a story about a dude in a computer falling in love that touched me as much as this story about a dude in a computer falling in love did. Honestly. During this courtship, Zora teaches Kraft about essential Earth concepts like tacos, and ancient Earth entertainers with strangely shaped heads like Betty Boop and Fred Astaire. <laughs> Then, while appearing as a hologram in a wedding dress and dancing with Kraft, Zora realizes that maybe she's taken this whole thing just a little too far. Whoa! Look at the time. I'd better be off," says Kraft, and he sails back into the void, where he'll be no Calypso at all. I guess. I'm not very clear where that title actually came from.
1: Yeah, that was uh, that was the question I had too. Like, I
0: looked it up. It's from mythology. All right. Got to got to be just a little too pretentious with those titles
1: sometimes. <clears throat> well, Runway that's Star Trek was tra- tradition.
0: Yeah, but Runaway was simple and effective. Mm -hmm. She ran away. away. That's why
1: she's here now. Yeah, yeah, the end.
0: She loves the comic Runaways. Yeah, I I guess. Better than, you know, the alternatives, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But uh, I I liked this one, but let me just go right into my bad thing. All right. Because I have been burned by so many bad Trek stories over the course of this podcast, I could not enjoy this on its own the first time around because the far future setting left me constantly guessing where the stupid twist was going to be. I was certain we'd end up going back in time or some dumb crap like that so that none of this would have ever had have have happened. It ended up not being a thing, and I'm very glad about that, but it still makes me wonder why they bothered setting this aboard Discovery when there's literally no connection to any people or events we've seen on this ship to this point. It felt like a completely unconnected Star Trek story, which I would absolutely love to see, let's be clear. It just doesn't make much sense as a Discovery
1: story. See this even more than the last one is the one where I was like okay well we're, we'll get to this like
0: I don't think we will. This is such I, a I, I this have this no reason such to a think
1: weird this. Co- having voy our voyager, good lord, having discovery <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere a thousand years in the future yeah. like that with a is a self-aware so, british computer. Yeah, that is so weird that it's go- there's got to be a story they're getting to with that.
0: I see both of us have no reason to believe what we believe. This is completely instinct. Mm-hmm. You think they're going to get back to this? I think they're going to ignore it. I'm curious to see where yeah. they go. Because I feel like they're just going to abandon all of this. But we'll see.
1: That's such a weird show. Especially when you could, if if these shorts are just like little character pieces, which I assume yeah. they are. The next one's about Saru, and I forget what the fourth one is. Yeah. But like you know, you've got other characters that you could flesh out. I don't think Michael's got a got a short. It's like no, yeah, but forget
0: forget Michael. The whole first season was about Michael, and I sure, love Michael. Fair. But let's do let's do Detmer, mm-hmm. let's do the the woman that sits next to her. Mm-hmm. Let's do that that uh, the robot dude. Like there's so many you could yeah. do. There's so many like uh, is Stamets uh, the fourth one? Characters. Uh, it's, I would see. Stamets to me is a major character. I would yeah. rather see like them flesh out some of the, you know, sure. some of the bridge crew to be on. I would love to see a Stamets story, let's be clear. Uh-huh. But, but if they're going to do shorts about like supporting characters.
1: But like what my point is that this is so out there that there's like yeah. there's no way that there can't be more to this.
0: No, like I said the first time it really bugged me cuz I'm like okay, Thousand years in the future, everyone's gone. Obviously, this is going to get reset button. Yeah, and it like, never
1: did it. I'm glad. Like, it. I, I mean, you're right. It. It doesn't feel like Star Trek. It feels like an episode of The Outer Limits. Honestly, what
0: it felt like, and you wouldn't know this because you haven't seen it, but it felt very much like an episode of Black Mirror. Yeah. This is like the way Black Mirror is shot, the way it's written. All of it felt very black in a good way. In a yeah, very the, good- mo- the and, modern Outer Limits. To be clear. I liked it once I got past that sure. I had to get past that it was a it was a major thing I had to get over but when I watched it the second time it is a very beautiful story it's
1: really good
0: oh my and, God. um also it was written by uh, Michael Shabon is that how you say that Shabon
1: Shabon oh my Shabon uh, uh, as far as I know but yeah I could okay be
0: wrong. I'm probably saying it wrong but the guy in charge of the Picard show and if that's the case like that's this a is good a good sign song. yeah yeah
1: I mean he's also he's a great fucking novelist
0: I've heard that yes but uh, this is the first time we've seen him dip his toe in star trek and apart from that whole weirdness like the the emotional content of the story was fantastic.
1: Yeah. So good. Just like the compute like the, uh, this is my good thing. Yeah. I love Zora the new ship the ship's new sentient computer. Um yeah. more of her please. She's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and again,
0: I I wish This had some connection to discovery because I would love for that to just be the computer. Yeah, that would be this sort of addled British woman. Yeah, although I don't think she'd be as crazy a thousand like when she hasn't been lonely out there for a thousand years. Fair. Like I think that's part of what made her so kind of charming and and a little you know creepy.
1: Uh huh. Yeah, it's very. They do and they must be doing this intentionally because it's there's some shots in this that are very Hal.
0: Yeah, there's definitely some Hal there. There's also a little bit of uh, Holly from Red Dwarf, which definitely. may not be intentional, but another computer left to his own devices for thousands of mm-hmm. years, millions of years in that case.
1: Everybody's dead, Dave.
0: Everybody. An emergency's happening. An emergency's happening. It's still happening. <laughs>
1: yeah. But, I mean, the
0: the story itself was so sweet. It was mm-hmm. so... And again, 15, 20 minutes. I think this one was closer to 30. Like, it was a little longer than the other yeah. one. Yeah. But it, it's still... Like, in such a short amount of time, I completely bought this incredibly unlikely story. Yeah. Like, a computer fell in love with a dude. Yeah, okay, whatever. Mm. No, it was very, very well done and well performed. And, uh, I mean, also, really, that dude
1: steps out of his ship and is like, yeah, I'd probably fall in love with him, too. That was a gorgeous man. (laughs) I mean, my bad thing is that uh, Kraft spends most of this episode in a shirt, and what a waste. That guy is, <laughs> that man is chiseled from God's own wood. Yeah.
0: No. Very, very pretty man. But also- Fuck! One of the things I really liked was um, he played his, his character kind of soft and sensitive, and, mm-hmm. and like in a lot of ways not traditionally, I mean, he was very masculine, let's sure. be clear, but not in roles that are traditionally written for men. Like, mm-hmm. he was very vulnerable, and I don't know. You don't see a lot of men, and you don't see a lot of men of color written the way he was written. There was yeah. such a sadness and vulnerability and softness there that I was so happy to see not having necessarily being written for a woman. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it was nice. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I felt for this guy. I really did.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In in the 20 minutes I got to know him, like, I really got what he was all
1: about. Yeah. And again— because this is all unconnected, it sucks. We don't get to see this guy anymore. Well, we don't know that. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, a thousand years in the fu- in the future—that's a dr- that's a tough one.
0: But uh, this is this is the furthest that canonical Star Trek has ever gone without taking it back.
1: Yeah, like we've never charted this far into Star Trek's future before. Yeah, but so. like I'm very. Th- these are both very good indicators of what we're going, what we're heading into, and I'm. If this is the case, then I'm very excited for season two. Yeah no if if these
0: are like samples of what the show's going to be like uh-huh. then I'm I'm very on board. The, yeah. I'm very pleased with both of these. Again, the, the weirdness of this one's
1: still hard to get over, but but once you get past that, very yeah. very good. And how good was him What them watching the movie? Like Oh yeah. Like I like they ne- I, Enterprise got into it a little bit but that was just them watching a movie like yeah. this is what it's this is what it's like to like watch a film in like the in like the future we have access to sort of hologram technology well, and this is this is my good thing oh um, yeah
0: the hologram effect that they did was very cool and mm. honestly that's how i always pictured the holodeck being rather than being this completely immersible indistinguishable from like there's that next gen episode where uh, Worf's stepbrother, uh, kidnaps a bunch of villagers and keeps them on the holodeck and makes them think they're still on their planet. Like, yeah. I feel like the holodeck should never be that indistinguishable from reality. Yeah. This looked so much better than TV or video games would, but yeah. it still didn't look real. It's in that nice in-between area where you, you know, it's fake, but it's still amazing. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, like, it's an upscaled version. I don't know the movie off the top of my head. I know it was Fred Astaire and Audrey Hepburn. hmm uh, but I, th- I think it looked it all looked really neat. Nice. Yeah, and like I
1: say, it felt sort of immersive, but not distractingly so. Yeah, this is a cool idea. Like it's like you can sort of it, sort of sit in the movie and watch it, but it's not like it's. It always bugged me on next next gen that the only thing people did with their spare time was like role play, basically. Yeah, you know, like no one watches movies anymore. Movies are great. No, that was their version of going to the planet that was like Earth because
0: yeah. they still wanted to shoot at, you know, cheap locations and, and uh, backlots and stuff. Yeah. But I like this much better. And yeah, absolutely. And it also looks a little crappy because, yeah, they converted an old movie, but it's still an old movie shot yeah, with old movie cameras.
1: It's it's only so good. Like, it's only going to yeah. look so good.
0: Exactly. It's like when you make stuff HD and you can start to see the flaws in it.
1: Yeah. And I like that. It was yeah. neat. And
0: I... Ah... Uh, it was, it was such a like I, I really don't want the main story to be how does this fit into canon because it It was a very beautiful story yeah i mean like and as i said in my summary it's hard to convey that. it was definitely hard to be funny about it mm-hmm. but it's also hard to convey because it was all in the performing
1: how just good this <laughs> is <laughs> all the performing from one dude in a disembodied voice yep the amount of acting, by the way, that came out of the little digital readout thing. Yeah. That is well, that's her. A- that is her. Is so
0: good. Well, that's, I mean, you know, that's the power of voice acting
1: there. Like, like when she gets like stressed out and awkward because she's just kissed him, like it turns into like a little flat mouth, just like, oh. Yep. It's like, wow, that's really well done. Yeah.
0: No, it was very good. And. There's a there's a line. This was almost my quote. I ended up going with something funny, which I'll get to in a minute. Mm. But um, at the beginning, she's like, uh, "What's your name?" And he's like, "We don't share our names." Mm. And they call me Craft. Like that's so. So she has something to call him. But at the end, uh, she's like, uh, "If we were in love, would you have told me your name then?" And he said, "No. If we were in love, you would have given me my name." Yeah. Like that was so. That was so cool. Yeah. It's it's stuff like that where it's still a relatable concept to me but it's alien in a way like like oh their culture works differently than our yeah. culture. Like that Star Trek needs to do more of. Yeah. I liked that so it, much. God, it was
1: really good. Yeah, and hard to make jokes about. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh what else? What else? Um oh, I love the DisCo brand popcorn container. <laughs> I don't think I noticed that. Uh when he's uh when they're watching the movie he's just sitting there eating out of uh out of a uh, popcorn container with a little uh Trek logo on it. I yeah. love how much uh Discovery is is into branding basically. Yep. Yeah, well he wore a disco t-shirt at one point too. Yep.
0: Which I know you were not uh, pleased with cuz he was wearing a shirt. <laughs> well. Yeah. He no, had just and, put the uh,
1: the shirt on so I was like, uh oh.
0: The whole sequence of him eating was great. There's a bit where um, she's like, this is an Earth tradition, Taco Tuesday. The, a taco <laughs> is this. And he's like, okay, but what's a Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> and just um, you know, like the, the, watching him do the mundane, like we've seen guy alone stranded in a ship before, but mm-hmm. this kind of touched some new areas that made it feel more, like every day it gets a little tedious. You got this voice to keep you company, yeah. but it's still just like, eat, watch movies, r- maybe do a little running, but
1: yeah. that's it, you know? The the montage of just all, there's just like a bunch of crafts all doing stuff at the same time in the mess yeah. hall. It's, yeah, re- so it looks it's, like... it's so good at showing the passage of time.
0: Yeah, and it's a simple effect, and I'm sure it's been done in other things before, sure. but I really like it. Yep, very good.
1: Uh, anything else? I like his hammock in the transporter room.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, I think I had a note that Star Trek needs more hammocks. I agree. But uh, otherwise, yeah, that's it. All right. Uh, well, my quote is a question that I have often wondered, which is this. I mean, what is Betty Boop?
1: It's Haunted Spain.
0: What is Betty Boop? <laughs> well, that is a question. And no one has an answer. Nope. Just a,
1: just a, uh, uh-huh. That. Mm-hmm. It's our adorable cartoon sex symbol. Uh-huh. Who looks like an alien. Who looks like an alien and is best friends with a clown? Oh, and a yeah. dog? Was that in? Was that? Was that a regular thing, or was that just in the one short? I don't know. I don't watch Betty Boop. Those cartoons are horrible, <laughs> and kind of upsetting.
0: A little upsetting, I guess. Hey, a lot of that. Yeah, a bit of that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's all for this time. Yeah. Um, probably the best week of disco we've done so far. So yeah. That's, that's encouraging. Yeah. There are two more shorts coming uh the i believe second week of january we will cover those and then we're jumping right into discovery season two Mm -hmm. so look forward to that uh we have a we have a couple of one-off things coming up um next week we we talked about this for a long time matt was very reluctant very reluctant (laughs) and i understand why i i'm not i'm not unsympathetic to this but we just we only had a couple of shows to fill we are gonna cover one of the fan films. This yeah. is something a bunch of you have said. Well, why don't you why don't you talk about the the various fan films? And I will tell. I am like, why. sure. Axanar's got to be out by now. It's uh, not.
1: It's yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh yeah, we went through. There is a fan film from nineteen seventy four that I just learned about when we were talking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see that, but apparently there is no copy online.
1: What was it called? So. Paradigm's Paradigm?
0: Yeah, uh, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And a terrible title. <laughs> Absolutely. But I would love to see a fan. like, I'm really into the Star Trek fandom in that weird period after the original series before the movies. Yeah. Where the fans basically are the only thing that kept it alive and they were so passionate and, like, I don't know, I'm really into that stuff. Mm-hmm. But couldn't find a, a copy. So instead, uh, we are going to be watching an episode of uh, Star Trek Phase 2. Yep. Uh, which Matt picked because it had one of the worst titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Enemy Starfleet. It's not great. It is available free online. If you were one of those people watching along with us, just Google Star Trek Phase 2 Enemy Starfleet and it's there. It's streaming free on their website. Mm-hmm. Uh, watch it with us. Yeah. Uh, that's what we'll talk about next week. Then we got a few other things coming up. Um, that's basically it. Uh, yeah. If you want to write to us, postatomichorror at Gmail, the website postatomichorror.com, Tumblr postatomichorror.tumblr.com. We are on Twitter at Algar at Robot Matt. Uh, Was there anything else?
1: I think that's it. Uh, right. See you, folks. The Post Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar, Watt, and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2018. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.